Hey everybody, Superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to Classic Love Line, episode 207 from July 15th, 1996, a Monday night show. Guest tonight, the love between the two hosts and Adam's happies. Now, up, a note up top on this one, this is another alternate file. The audio on this episode was encoded at an extremely low bitrate. I've gone back and post-processed and edited it to make it vastly superior. This is the best this show has ever sounded, and it may be the best we'll ever hear unless we recover another copy as opposed to not releasing this in the feed and just forgetting about it, since it's such a key show in the history of, of Loveline Stories, with Dr. Drew referencing this anytime he wants to embarrass Adam, we figured we'd put it in the feed. Adam opens the show proclaiming that he's feeling good. They have Larry Bud Melman, uh, Calvin DeForest, booked for tomorrow night, Dave Letterman show, of course, and the advertisement campaigns. And right off the bat, uh, Ann and Drew will not let Adam feel good. They address Adam's lip condition. Adam's happies uh, have returned. It was once thought an ancient bacterial disease or rash that Adam uh, first acquired after the Northridge quake in 1994. Drew is telling Adam that, he, that Adam made him feel bad because Adam consulted him about his fever blister. Drew says it's a large herpes outbreak. Adam tells his dream battle bedwetting story for the second time on air, the one involving his ex-girlfriend Stephanie, the sorority gal. The John Stewart ointment intro is played, and they go over the upcoming guests once again, Larry Bud Melman, Calvin DeForest, John Popper, and Adam tells them about playing with John Popper last time he was on the show. Every time John Popper and Blues Traveler come into studio, they do this elaborate bit where Dr. Drew and Adam Cruel pretend to jam with them when it's actually John's band members, leading to actually much confusion, and many listeners to this day still thought it was a real bit, despite how many clues they gave to the contrary. As per usual, this was recorded in 1996. Some of the medical advice is going to be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Catherwood on Current Day Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter, at Podcast One, on Facebook, Podcast One there as well, and PodcastOne.com, the home of all your favorite podcasts. Mahalo and get it on. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191, fax number 310-854-4455, I'm Adam Carolla, he is Dr. Drew, he's a board certified physician and addiction medicine specialist. No guests tonight, that's alright, because Drew and I can rekindle the love. I'm feeling good tonight, Drew. Really? You know, I'm not a cocky man, but I'm predicting a spectacular show tonight. Do you know why? I feel strong. I'm predicting the same thing. Strong as a damn ox. In fact, I think people are going to be terribly interested in some of the things I have yet to bring up. All right. Well, just no, bite, bite no, your no. lip for one second. I'm going to. He opened the show as though, this, as though this were any other night, Ann. Bite it's your... a little different tonight, aren't they? Bite your lip for just one heartbeat you over there, you lip, two <laughs> freaking mongrels. It hurt too much. Right, please, we'll, we'll address that for a second. Just let me say that... Tomorrow night, we will have uh, the great uh, Larry Bud Melman. Faggot better run. Oh, now, Drew, what? please. <laughs> the uh, guy's even coming in the studio yet. You're already starting you in on can't, get not, All right, can't go get me back go. on heels tonight. Talk, no, no, no. Go, talk. No, 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 no. You don't, you don't tease becomes... something like that and not pay it off. Now, go ahead. You want to well, have your little fun at my expense. Which thing shall I bring up? Never mind that I'm dying. Well, you can go for number one. Why don't you, please? <laughs> All right, uh... Adam, uh, now, now you've actually made me feel better because you actually consulted with me in the, the, the conference room here about this thing on your face. Right. But Mr. Corolla has a uh, a rather large 
herpetic uh, eruption on his face. All yeah. right. Now, see, I'm calling it a fever blister. Oh, yeah. No, that was after I told you it was herpes. <laughs> you were calling it that. Before you were calling it hypotigo. Hypotigo. Uh, That's what it is. Right. It's a yeah. uh, cold sore. Right. And then, and then he said, well, it's, there's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of blisters. I said, That's right. Herpes is a is that... cluster of, of, of blisters. But well, what it. is? I don't have it. Yes, you. There it is. Where did I get it? I never had anything like this. I don't know. He's where, in denial. Where did you get it? Is the question. Well, why did it come up? I wasn't doing anything. Uh-huh. I wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for no, Christ's sake! It's, it's, it's not yeah. on my it's, size of a nipple. We, you know, we almost shouldn't be making fun of it. So it's so. It's not on my. Too. No, it does not hurt. I'll tell you what hurts: the uh, the slings and arrows cast by you two. That's what hurts. My feelings hurt. I'll take care of them. I will get you on something to take it off. But you know, th- it's not on my lip though. It's on your. F- yeah, it comes down from your lip. It involves your lip a little bit. I don't know. Half yeah, most of his chin And I'm giving you a big fat soul kiss during the commercial, so you better get a wet nap ready, baby. Uh-huh. Look at everybody else standing Look, look in here. Yeah. Yes, everybody. Let's say a dollar a peak. Yes, everyone can look. Come look at Adam's uh, herpetic lesion, you know, please. Was, come on down to the studio. This to me points out how how ridiculous people are about herpes. I mean, when you came in, you asked me, "Hey, what's this little thing on my face?" I told you what it was. Then it took on some some life of its own. Right, right. It, before it was just this this rash. Right. Now it's now it's something monumental. <laughs> yes, uh, Dr. Frankenstein has been uh, hard at work in the last. You got a you got a virus. All right. An eruption. It's going right. to go away. It's going to come back. You're potentially contagious. You should be very careful when you are contacting people wherever you might contact. Could them. that go down his penis? If he were oh. say. Please, the the studio's filling uh, up with uh, with onlookers. Please go do your you're business over there, nature. you freaks. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's not on my penis. Yes, it could get there very easily, and that's how it gets there. That's how it has gotten there in the past. Believe me, if I could get it to my penis, I would never leave the house. If it got in his hand, it could get to his penis. That's not a difficult way to do it. Oh. Suppose you were to give render oral sex to someone and then have sex subsequent to that. that would, oh, my that God, would my be, roommate has it now. Would, oh, he's going to be pissed. <laughs> so there you go. All right, well, bring some damn stuff in, would you? This is uh, this is horrible. Uh, a man of, uh, yeah, of of my position in the community should be walking around with this uh, Klingon stuck to his chin. It's disgusting. Can I bring up the other stuff later too? Yeah, no, There's Katrina. Oh, yes. Katrina, fifteen. You're on Loveline. Hi. Hey. Uh, Katrina, hi, Doctor Drew. Hi, Katrina. Um, I'm hoping you guys can give me some advice. Um. I'm a lesbian in a town of about 13,000, and there's not a whole lot of other people here, but there's, uh, me and a couple of friends, we've, like, partaked in a couple together, and word got out, and I don't know, I guess there's a lot of stuff going around town, and we kind of want some advice on how to bring it out to our parents and the community in a positive way, so... Mm. Well, why don't you have a uh, lesbian awareness parade in which you can ride some big vagina float down Main Street? Yeah, you are so helpful. Well, you're, you're still reeling after your little attack. You just, uh, I'm still on the attack, but yeah. seriously, we get these calls all the time. You're 15 years yeah, old, Christina. But this 15-year-old has had sex with But women. I'm still aware of my sexuality. I think that has nothing to do with my age. Right. Uh, but, 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 if I were involved with a man, this would be no other big deal. 
Well, that's what we're. I mean, what we're saying is, is, and we give out this advice all the time, which is, I was well aware of my uh, suspect sexuality when I was 15. I didn't sit around at the dinner table and say, "Hey, Dad, I whacked off four times a day, and uh, by the way, I'm chasing this hot little ninth grader around campus." I mean, it was. It was. Do say while I'm going out on a date on Friday. You know, I would like them to be aware that I go out and hang out with my girlfriends. And, like, they don't think that you're doing something with your girlfriend when you're going out on a date. Right. And if I don't have any guy dates, they're going to totally think I'm abnormal, so I may as well just come out with my lesbianism. Well, you certainly have a couple of years. Is someone on the other line? No, not that I know of. That's not your uh, minister father that picked up the other phone? I hope not. <laughs> okay, listen, he's not a minister, is he? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's the same thing, isn't it? Yeah. Minister car dealer, is there anything on, on, on further ends of the uh, holy spectrum than minister and car dealer? But listen, here's what I'm saying. You're 15. You have a couple of years to sort of sort things out without making a big commitment one way or another, at least a um, public commitment. You certainly can know at 15 you're a lesbian. I'm not going to take that away from you. If that's what you choose, then that's fine. But you don't have to announce it to the family and to the town just yet. And you'd hate to announce it and then later go back and renege on your lesbianism. I understand that. I think there's likely to be a big reaction too, and I don't think you you know if where, what can we how can we advise you to garner support in 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 the but face of that kind of reaction? Another thing is, people have heard already there are some things going around about yeah, it. Yeah, but you know what? If you just if you just ignore those things, those those murmurs will die down fast. But if you step up to the plate, start announcing it. It's gonna it's gonna fan the flames a little bit, and it's not good for you. It's not necessary. I I don't think. I, my opinion, it is not necessary at this point. If you had tremendous resources of support available, like a gay and lesbian youth center in your town or something, yeah, fine. Then we'd say we do what you got to do, and you re retreat to your support and uh, utilize what's available to you. But you don't have that, so just wait it out a little bit. Yeah, I hear they got a hell of a bowling team over there at the youth center, but. Here's the deal. You know, we're not saying cower in your closet, but we're not saying uh, put on, um, you know, a pair of um, denim dungarees and some Birkenstocks and parade up and down Main Street. We're just saying somewhere in, betu in between. Just sort of play it cool for a little while and let things sort themselves out. No need to uh, make big, bold admissions at age 15 regarding your sexuality. Sheila, 17-year on Loveline. Hi. Um, I was with a guy for over a year, and I'm not with him now, but I just found out not too long ago that he gave me um, gentle warts, and we're not going out, so it's none of my business, but I know he's been sleeping with other people, and he's not in my town, but he lives really close, and he's sleeping with these people, and he's not telling them that he has it, and I know that he's the one who gave it to me because he's the only person I've slept with. Did you see the warts on him? Huh? Could you see the warts? No, I got tested. Uh -huh. But on him, could you see them? Oh, no. But he may not know he has them. But, Sheila, I feel like uh, I have a certain bond with you tonight because yes. of uh, my recent medical development. why I chose this call. <laughs> Thank you, Drew. Uh, yes, he may not know that he possesses these genital warts. Is, could that be true, Drew? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. All right. So you guys, we, can, we, guys we, cannot, you cannot see them for many long periods of time sometimes. Uh, unlike uh, what I have on my face, which you really could see from an airplane at this point. 
Sheila, listen, why don't we give the guy the benefit of the doubt and say he doesn't know he has it, but you really, have you told him he has it? Yes. Oh, okay. oh then, then you you fulfilled your responsibility. No, but what? A, why? This guy's out having unprotected sex and he's spreading yeah, this scourge around. What's she going to do? I mean, she's done what she has to do, which is kind of, you might want to tell your doctor and see if they can bring something to bear, but it's not, it's not Sheila's responsibility. I know, but what do you do? I mean, just put yourself in uh, Sheila's position. You know this guy has this uh, this uh, problem. You know he's spreading it around to other unsuspecting women, much like Sheila, who I'm sure she can identify with. You probably don't like the guy much anymore. And you you feel like it's your duty to let these yeah. people in on this. What about her calling the uh, partners? Because I have talked to one of them. Okay. I mean, there actually are, I don't know about with uh, warts, with herpes, I think there are legal precedents out there, people uh, retrospect. Oh, really? Because, that. all right, now you're talking. You can find out your perpetrator. We need a lawyer to phone in because I I got myself a, uh, I got a suit, a huge one. I'm, I'm it deformed. Is, it, is, it is big. It's a huge suit. A uh, suit. But, uh, all right. So, Sheila, I, I mean, look. My my point though is that Sheila has fulfilled her responsibility, which is to contact her partner. That the public health authorities may have other issues with this gentleman, and certainly if you feel compelled to call some of his partners and let them do what they feel they need to do. But I mean, you could say this of anyone who's having unprotected sex. Anyone out there could be transmitting God knows what. All right. So I mean, you can, anybody who has unprotected sex, you know, you're going to feel obliged if they were once your partner to go back after them and contact all of their future partners? I don't know. I've never had sex I mean, with anyone. It's, it's a horrible thing, but that's why we do shows like this to try to bring people's awareness up so they don't do that. Matt, 16, you're on Loveline. Okay, uh, well, guys, you have to excuse me if I seem a little jumpy at first, but I just had, like, a mug of coffee, so... All right. Okay, anyway, well, Adam, you have my condolences, because first the Jennifer Gray thing on Thursday... Oh, well, you heard that. Yeah. And I tell you, if she... Yeah. And now this herpetic lesion. Oh. Yeah, the nothing but snake eyes for the yeah. big ad man. Okay, well, anyway, here's my problem. Okay, whenever I'm, like, either watching TV or reading, like, Rolling Stone or something, whenever some someone, like, really, really attractive comes on, I just feel, like, disgusted by them. Like, I just want to, if they were there, I'd roll my eyes, like, right in front of them. Angry? Uh, well, sort of angry. Resentful? But, but, yeah, but not, but not really angry. Or like to the point, like if they're in front of me, I'd want to like stab them or anything. Matt, Matt, don't hate them because they're beautiful. Or is it, is it just that it's ridiculous to you? That, yeah, that they're paraded around like as something. So many people are getting all this plastic surgery and right. boob jobs. I feel like I'm in that episode of the Twilight Zone yes. where everyone I, I think, the world is beautiful. I think uh, ten thousand years from now they will dig up. The, the remains of, of the 20th century and find these silicone and, and sailing sacks on top of, the, of some of the skeletons and think it was some kind of burial ritual. Yeah. <laughs> because it doesn't make any sense, does it? Yeah, it it's does. Something. It, but it never occurred to them that they put these things while people were still alive. Listen, it makes perfect sense to me, Matt. Really? Well, there's there's nothing wrong with a little uh, enhancement, but here's the here's the deal, Matt. We live in a, in a society that really discriminates against the ugly. And certainly against the fat, which is really is 
terms of society is really just an ultimate form of ugly. Basically, I'm just stumbling onto this, by the way, but hear me out. Why? Why? People... This sounds like something personal. Are you talking to people? or No, I don't talk to people. Remember, i got this big uh, thing stuck to the side of my head. I can't go outdoors anymore. But here's the deal. Our society is a very aesthetic society. We like attractive things. We like attractive women, attractive men, on attractive... Our, on our terms, too. Uh, automobiles, on, yeah. On our society's terms only. Right. Well, it depends how it works. Yeah, we don't. We're not attracted to someone with a big uh, wooden plate in their lip, right. like they may be over right. in some tribe in Africa. That's what we think is attractive. Right. Now, women, God bless them, they feel uh, the need to conform to whatever society dictates. Meaning, if and guys sort of set the standards. So, if a bunch of guys are saying, "Hey, skinny ass, big jugs, and a little nose," is 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 what's doing it? Then women who are so eager to please will get out there and do it. And hence you have this society that's uh, heading down this silicone highway. <laughs> okay. And it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to tell who came first. I mean, did the silicone come first or did the societal pressures put on the uh, chest of women, as it were, come first? I don't know. I'm guessing it was the societal pressure. Yeah, me too. But, Matt, here's your deal. This does not have to affect you or everybody just because you're part of society. Right, I think it's fine. If you if you think it's silly, then that's great. Okay. And you should you shouldn't be embarrassed that that's your value. That gets a solid value. That's fine. You you be you think what is important to you is important to you and stay that way. Matt, are you uh, horribly unattractive? I actually, I've got uh, thousands of herpetic lesions on my. Oh, you do. <laughs> oh, good. Maybe we should form some sort of a lonely hearts club or something. Joe, fifteen, you're on Loveline. Yeah. How you doing? Hey. Um. Well, the phone screener said to get right to the point, so I'm going to get right to the point. Uh, but, oh, let me just interrupt for one second here, Joe. Okay. Uh, and this goes out to all the fine Loveline listeners. Um, part of getting right to the point is not mentioning the part where someone told you to get right to the point. Okay. I'm okay, sorry. it's like when people say repeat after me, you don't have to say the phrase repeat after me. You just do, you repeat after them after they say it. All right, Joe? Okay. Sorry. All right, go ahead. Okay, um, I got a problem with this girl, Stephanie. Um, I found out she had a crush on me, so I was talking to her a little bit, and then she found out how old she, she found out how, how old I was, which I'm 15, and she's 17. Mm -hmm. And now that she found out how old she was, how old I was, she seems to be blowing me off. But then she tells me that my age does not really matter. Mm -hmm. But I want to know. So maybe she's just blowing you off. I I don't know. All I right. kind of want to. Um, Maybe a couple of reasons why she might be blowing me off. Like what? The speech like, pattern? What? Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's um, fine. Like, I don't know. Uh, maybe if you guys could talk to her. All right. I'm the uh, Joe, please. We're, we're, we're not a dating service here. Here's the situation, Joe. Uh -huh. And, and it, it may still very well be the age difference. And here's the way people are. When you say to somebody... Hey, are you dumping me because of blank? Their reaction is always no. Like if you say to someone, are you just walking out on me because I banged your mom and tried to kill you in your sleep? They go, oh, no, 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 it's not that. It's not that. So whatever you come at them with in an accusatory term, or what piece of equipment did I just yank off of? Oh, there's a lightning. We don't need that. They're going to deny. But it may very well be the age because that's what she brought up initially, wasn't it? 
Yeah, kind of. All right. So, Joe, here's the deal. She doesn't want to be with you. It could be for a multitude of reasons. And well, if I were right. you, I would go with the age reason because it's the least insulting to you. It's not because you're stupid. It's not because you're short. It's not because you're fat. It's not because you're ugly. It's a t few years off. And who do you blame for that? Your parents. It's not your fault. They should have got it on a couple years earlier. Scott, 29, you're on Love Line. Hey. Hey. I just need a kind of an outside opinion. Um, my, uh, ex-fiancé cheated on me, and then, uh, which I wasn't aware of, she told me herself that she did several months ago. Your ex-fiancé? Well, I mean, I broke up with her after she told me. All right. You know? Mm-hmm. And, uh... You, you're 29. How old is she? 24. Uh-huh. And how long did you go out? We've been going together two and a half years. Uh-huh. And, yes. And at what point did she tell you she cheated on you? Uh, about two weeks ago. Were there already problems? Excuse me? Were you, were you guys already having problems at that point? Uh, I mean, I felt like it was a little bit different. Yeah. Um, something was already up. Yeah, something was up, but I uh -huh. kind of right. feel like now that maybe she was carrying that guilt around because... Um, Right. All right, so she cheated on you, and you dumped her. Yeah. Now, your question is... Well, I mean, but now I feel guilty about all this because she um, went, or <laughs> she wanted to commit suicide, and uh, her parents, her parent took her to hospital, and put her on suicide watch and everything because I... Uh, finally told her that, you know, that it was completely over. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm just all right, Scott, I'm love having it. a hard time forgiving. We, all right, we, we understand. You're in a dilemma here, Scott. But l let me do a little uh, investigation. Who did she cheat with and for how long? It was someone that she worked with. Uh-huh. And uh, it happened three times. Uh-huh, which, uh, which I'm going to go ahead and uh, double. Actually, I'll give it a, a dog year thing. Let's make it 21 times. Uh, okay. All right. And she told me that she did not do this for herself, mm -hmm. but rather for him. Oh, yeah. Which, uh, oh, boy. I had a hard time understanding. Well, she's a giver. Uh, listen, Scott, here's the deal. Whether, uh, whether she knows it or not, she wanted to end this relationship, or she wouldn't have had this affair. Now, or, or she is so has such poor boundaries that she could not be. She's not able to conduct herself in a stable relationship, right. and would not in the future. As and well. the reason I asked is because if you told me, well, she went to an old uh, class reunion, she got pretty hammered. Uh, it was in uh, it was in uh, Kentucky, out of state, and she ran into a guy she used to date for many years and slipped up because they were staying in some hotel. But she apologizes, and she was just trying to be honest. Okay, that's something you can forgive, and that doesn't show much forethought or malice. But what she was doing was essentially having an affair while she is uh, engaged to be married, which says to me that she does not want to go through with the marriage. Now, her parents may want her to go through with it, and she may say she wants to go through with it, but the reality is that she doesn't, or she wouldn't be carrying on that way, and actions speak louder than words. Okay. And, All right. And or if she is so unstable, somebody unable to maintain intimacy in a relationship and without screwing it up, you don't leave marriage to her anyway. 
Well, I mean, she just, uh, but afterwards, you know, she said she was, you know, it was a big mistake. Well, guess what? Sorry. It, it, it was a big mistake. It was, and this is this is what happens when you make big mistakes. Hey, getting drunk and driving, big mistake. But you can run over some kid crossing uh, the street and get, you know, thrown in jail for five Something years. Something has really been missed in our society, and that is very simple, and that is big mistake, big consequences. That's it. Right. And a lot that's of... That's not, I'm sorry. <clears throat> big consequences. Right. Well, a lot of people think that if you apologize, that just sort of sweeps up everything and makes it all a, a nice and tidy again. But it doesn't. And a lot of times you screw up and get away with it. I mean, think of all the times you've driven drunk and gotten away with it. Not gotten in an accident, not killed yourself or any of your partners or anything like that. It, you fooled around, you've gotten away with it. You've cheated on tests, you've gotten away with it. But once in a while you get popped. And part of taking a chance is, if you do get popped, there are consequences. GoDaddy wants to help put your business online. The website builder makes creating a website easy. Even if you don't have any technical skills yourself, just choose a design from hundreds of customizable templates and personalize it with website builder's drag-and-drop design tools. Don't pay a web designer or spend hours on Google learning how to build a website. For just $1 a month, you get everything you need to create a professional website with unlimited pages, unlimited pages, including a free domain name, free hosting, and GoDaddy's award-winning 24-7 support. Visit GoDaddy.com, enter the code LOVELINE to get the website builder for just $1 a month. See website for details. Hi, this is Jed Apatow. Hear my conversation with Brett Easton Ellis. Hey, what's up? This is Kanye. Hey, man, it's Kevin Smith. Hear my conversation with great Brett Easton Ellis. Hello, this is Marilyn Manson. I'd like you to listen to me on the Brett Easton Ellis podcast. Hey, this is Brett Easton Ellis. Check out my podcast on Podcast One, where my guests and I will be discussing all the issues that keep the pop culture world moving, talking, and thinking. It's the Brett Easton Ellis podcast on Podcast One. Call Loveline now with your question or concern at 1-800-L-O-V-E-191. That's 1-800-568-3191. Loveline on 98.5 KOME. Hey, this is John Stewart. You're listening to Lovelines. And the answer to your question is ointment. That's the answer to your question. Very apropos, John. Uh, phone number 1-800-L-O-V-E-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. Uh, Madam Crowley's Dr. Drew. Um, Larry Bud Melman tomorrow night. Also, uh, next week, uh, John Popper, Big John from Blues Traveler, will be in here. And I am going to get my harmonica back. <laughs> You know, he gave me a harmonica last time, and I jammed. I don't know if everyone caught that show, but I was jamming. Oh, I've never, I've never been happier in my life. Did you share a harmonica with anybody? Okay, okay, and she said it'll never end. You know, this is right up there with the time I wet the bed when I was twenty-two. What? With my girlfriend. What? Yeah, I said I told this story before. This is uh, my old girlfriend uh, Stephanie from uh, you know the one who went to uh, was at the sorority house the one right. I pined for. Yes. Okay. Uh, I slept over at her house uh, one night. I had this very vivid dream in the middle of the night that 
here basically was a dream. And don't tell me you guys have never had this dream. Maybe not this specific dream, but the same end result, which was wedding yourself. I dreamt I was I, I, out. I would be willing to bet there'd be very few guys out there that had that dream after the age of 20 with yeah. someone else in the bed uh, with the same consequences. All right. Should I just, uh, should, would you like to keep my testicles in a mason jar for the weekend, Drew, or can I have them back? Can I have them? Because I'd like to use them. All right. You can have them. All right. What happened was, is in my dream, I was a gladiator. <laughs> and I was out on some, I guess you'd call it like a fjord, like what they have over there in like Scotland or Ireland or something. I was in front of a castle. And it was some, I must have eaten at medieval times and been belching up some haggis or something. And I'm out there and I'm in this, you know, I got this big sword and I'm, I'm killing everyone. Everything's fine. I'm slaying guys left and right with the armor and the big breastplate and all the, the helmet and the whole nine yards. And after I'm done slaying everyone, I realize I got to piss like a racehorse. And I'm trying to get my armor undone. But the problem is, is I didn't put my armor on in the dream. The dream started up with me already in the armor. And I remember, you know, it's like one of those, I guess you call it a fjord. What, what is that? It's kind of like a, a bog. Like a bog, yes, like a swamp with, with yeah. a haze over yeah. it and everything. Something uh, uh, out, of, out, of, out of a gladiator movie. Out of like, like a, a Scottish, like a Braveheart or something. Braveheart, yeah. right, right. And there I was, and it, you know, and... And all of a sudden, I figured out a way to get my armor undone, and I dropped my armor shorts, and I was just whizzing out there, right in the middle of this fjord, going, oh, this is good. Oh, I've been, you know, since like the last five guys I slayed, I've been wanting to do this. And then I looked up, and I was looking at one of those cottage cheese acoustic ceilings with the little speckles in it, and I said, this, this is not a fjord. And then I looked around, I saw some stuffed animals, and I said, hey, who's decorating the fjord? And I went, oh, my God, I'm in bed with my girlfriend. And I just whizzed all over the place. Well, the point is, is for the next six to eight months, or however long the relationship lasted. Uh, six months beyond that? Yes. Every time, I, every time it'd be like, you know, it'd be like 2.30 in the afternoon, and I'd be drinking a beer, and she'd go, you sure that's a good idea? How long had you been her girlfriend? Or were you and the boyfriend-girlfriend at that point? Please, I was the boyfriend in the relationship. I was not wearing a dress. Point, and but at the point at which this happened? Uh, we, you know, I was sleeping over. I don't know. It had been a few months. Okay. You know, she'd been indoctrinated, but uh, not that way. So wow. the, the point is, is she never let me forget it. And always, you know, much, much like Anne in the, the rest of the Love Line truth. What a story. You're my but groovy master, Adam. <sighs> That was kind of like reliving that. Oh, that Jennifer Gray. She's such a little minx. Bob, 18, you're on the love line. Yeah, my talk, my question's to uh, Dr. I think his name's Drew. Yes, sir. Okay. Big fan of the show, are you, Bob? Excuse me? Yeah. I'm Alan, the host. Yeah. Okay. I don't listen to the radio that much. Go ahead, what's up? Well, uh, I was wondering what, like, some of the earlier... Like signals of pregnancy are how early? Uh, like week or two. Usually nothing. Nothing. Okay, usually nothing. But some women will claim they know when they're pregnant very quickly. They just have some sense something changes. They they're just aware. So someone will tell you, "I just knew I was pregnant." Uh, some will get nausea and vomiting very quickly, uh, but for the most part, there would be no awareness. Okay. Bob. Okay. What's going on? Get to the specific. To the moody and all sorts of stuff like that, you know. And she's been nausea and vomiting. 
Had nausea huh? and she's had nausea and vomiting. Yes. Uh huh. Could she be ill from something else? I don't know. Could she have seen you in your underwear, Bob? She has, but that didn't do it. And you guys are having unprotected sex. She saw me in my underwear, and that might have been what led up to this. You guys are having unprotected sex. <clears throat> no, but we had a problem with the rubber. The bro. Yeah. Uh, how long ago? A week or two ago. Which was it, a week or two? I think about two. Why don't you go get a pregnancy test? Go get one of the pharmacy and do a home pregnancy test. Okay? Okay. Find out what the deal is. Man, and Bob was like a jukebox. I just wanted to kick. I just wanted to kick him. I, I felt like he, he, he's the person who drives in front of me and who's not turning when the arrow is pointing. I just wanted to get on the horn and go, let's go. Pick it up there, Bobby. Eric, 21, you're on Loveline. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, Adam Crow. Um, I need some advice on a situation that's sort of arisen. Um, I don't mean to come out and say, like, I have a big ego or anything, but I, what I have, I guess, in a sense, is some sort of fatal attraction. Mm -hmm. It's not the least bit flattering in any way, and I don't exactly know how to deal with it now. I have approached her in effect. First of all, how did it come about? I met her in a bar. And, um, and then what? Well, in the beginning, there was, like, you know, some sexual... Uh, Escapades. Yes, but uh, there was, however, no intercourse. I mean, it started to be intercourse, but she liked enough to go through with it. And uh -huh. I can respect that, so I backed off. Um, but, you know, ever since then, it's been calling, you know, and it's gotten to the point where it's been quite aggravating. Uh -huh. You tell her to cut and it off. And what is this guy's name? I'm sorry? Oh, okay. Not a guy, no. Oh, okay. Do you tell her to cut it out? I, well, I, I, I confronted her about it. In yeah. fact, I said, uh, you know... Your feelings for me are stronger than my feelings are for you, and right. which means she has some feelings and you have zero feelings. Well, I, you know, for friendship, maybe you know, but all right, yeah, but, but who wants to be friends with a psychopath, really? Well, it's not, it's not like that. I mean, it's, it hasn't gotten to the point where she's, you know, like I, she comes to my door at odd times of the night, but it's, it's, she's just extremely overbearing. I mean, all right, well, let, let me give my uh, let me give my cat reference. I haven't done this one in a while. Usually, people find it somewhat offensive. I usually uh, do it as it pertains to stalkers, and uh, somehow when uh, stalkers uh, happen to men. Uh, all of a sudden it becomes just light fodder. Uh, men cannot stalk women because that's a very serious offense. And when women stalk men, it's, it's a big joke. And uh, I don't see why not, actually. But here's the deal. I look at it this way. You know when you got a, a neighborhood cat comes uh, strolling around the backyard there? It goes house to house to house. Now, it's looking for the one sap that opens the back door and tosses out some giblets one night. That's the house it's going to show up at night after night after night because you threw something out there. And if you keep throwing stuff out there, even if it's just a little something. Even if the door opens. Even if they see a little light peeking through yeah, the door, right. that's the house they're going to set up camp on. On the other hand, if the, if the house is dark and the door is dead bolted, they're going to move on to the neighbor house. Eventually. Yes, it may take a couple of nights for them to uh, get the taste and, out and of it. And they may make a lot of noise in the meantime. They may howl out there. Yeah, I understand what... what you're getting at right now, but right. in fact, she's offered bluntly, you know, to come in with her at night, and I've 
they wiped them out to I said, no, I'm going to go home. Right, right. All right, so you have I not... I the door many times. No, 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 no. You don't, you don't understand what we're saying. Oh, okay. You, well, you never was... open it in the first place. You don't open it to have a communication or for her to even believe it. They want me basically, you're saying, just Eric, ignore there, her? There can't yes. even be a potential for communication because she will find you and and create an interaction of some type. <laughs> Mandy, 15, you're on Love Live. Hey. Um, you might not remember me, but you might. Um, I called in a couple months ago about a satanic boyfriend. Right. Yeah. And I got rid of him. And, um, mm-hmm. you know how I thought I was pregnant? Right. I am. You are? Yeah, I'm three months pregnant with his kid. Okay, uh, you're 15. Yeah. You got rid of uh, Beelzebub. Yeah. But you're still pregnant with his, uh, his demon spawn. Yeah. Okay, and you're um, you're going to keep the child. Yeah, I want to keep it. Uh, you're not going to put it up for adoption. No. Okay, and uh, is everyone in the family aware you're pregnant? Yeah. Okay. Are they supportive? No, my mom wants me to um, give it up for adoption. Uh huh. And she said that if I don't give it up for adoption, I can't live with her anymore. Right, which uh, which is probably just a threat. We've uh, talked about this, I think it was last week, Drew, that basically parents will say whatever parents need to say to try to get you to do what parents want you to do. On the other hand, though, this sort of falls back into our category of big, big actions have big consequences. I mean, mom is just reacting to the consequence of what you've done, and that is you pregnant, you want to have a child, you support it. Yeah. And that's not that. I mean, it sounds cruel, and and I agree with Adam. Maybe it's just a threat. Maybe when the child's actually there, she will make it part of the family. Well, you know, when push comes to shove, and that. oh, those little blue eyes looking up out of the nursery at grandma, and reaching those little tender little kitty hands out toward grandma's face, you know, she's going to soften right up. Mm-hmm. But. You certainly shouldn't go out and have unprotected sex like that's the way grandma or what was mom and is now grandma will take in the child. You have to take their threats seriously. But I'm guessing that what's she going to do? Take her 15 and a half year old daughter and just toss her out on the porch with her uh, young infant? I mean, that's yeah. criminal. That's a yeah. criminal act. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, Mandy. Yeah. Uh, I don't think she's going to do it, but on the other hand, you may not want to call her bluff. Yeah. Hey, you know, uh, Drew, there should be some... Can we freeze kids? <laughs> I mean, when they're real little? I mean, they're, they're not developed or anything. Can we just freeze them? I think you can develop them about like a four-cell zygote. That's oh, about it. That's it? Yeah. And you have more than four cells when you're born? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but seriously, because this would be a great idea. We just get some big warehouse on some pier. We fill it with a bunch of plastic trash cans. We pour liquid nitrogen into it. Then all the 15, 14, 13, and 16-year-old girls from around the country can go drop off these fetuses, or I should say these uh, infants that they're hell-bent on keeping but have no idea how they're going to raise. They just dump them off there. And we give them like a, we give them like a check. Like, you know, when you use an airport locker, you get the little key and the little number on it, there, there you go. And they come back in five years, we thaw the kid out, everything's, uh, everything's working great. Drew, is that something? It'd be a wonderful world. <sighs> i got to look in the warehouse space. Bye-bye. Be right back. 
Dr. Drew? Yeah, Mike. TrueCar.com is the new way to buy a car. It is changing car buying forever. Simple, fair, and it's a fun way to buy a car, that TrueCar.com. And you save time and money, and you never overpay. Buying a car is a not-so-fun experience for most people, what and it doesn't happen. What are you talking about? I love talking to those salesmen with the big, wide ties. Come oh, on now. come on. Drew, now you're just being crazy. No. The TrueCar.com, they help you get rid of the fear that you might overpay. Here's how it works. TrueCar.com analyzes what people are paying for their cars in your market, shares it with consumers so they never overpay. The average savings is $3,046 off MSRP. That's, that's insane. Over yeah. a million cars have been sold. By our True Car Certified Dealer Network, over 40,000 cars were sold by True Car Certified Dealers just last month. Over 7,000 dealers in the Certified Dealer Network. One in five dealers is a True Car Certified Dealer. And those certified dealers go through a certification process, and you work directly with a True Car representative that will honor the savings that you lock in. So here's the three-step process. Three-step. Guaranteed savings. First, go to TrueCar.com. Find out what others paid for the same vehicle in your market and around the country. Second, register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings certificate. And third is simple. Print out your certificate. Take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for better, hassle-free buying experience. TrueCar has the most comprehensive new car pricing information available and a certified network of dealers that offers a hassle-free car buying experience and negotiation-free guaranteed savings. TrueCar.com. Boom. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191 Fax number 310-854-4455 I'm Adam Carolla with the big herpetic lesion on his chin That is Dr. Drew with uh, the hairs on his chinny chin chin And uh, this is Sarah, 19, you're on Loveline Hey Hey I have a little bit of a problem, I guess. Um, this friend of mine I've known all my life. He lives about 400 miles from where I live. Mm-hmm. And I keep pretty good touch with him, and he's helped me out through a lot. And I finally told him, after years and years of debating it, I told him that I really liked him and that I figured that one day we might end up getting married. Oh, well, you did. Yeah. And he kind of thought that was um, an okay deal, except that he just got involved with another girl. Uh-huh. And, I mean, we've been apart for, like, eight years now, so I didn't think much of it. I've had lots of relationships and everything, but... All right, see, so wait a minute. You had this discussion with him when you were 11? No, I just told him, but, I mean, <laughs> we've known each other. I mean, like, he moved away when I was in... Okay, so you haven't had any consistent contact with him for eight years. Right. And you're 19 now. Uh, I'll be 20 next month, yeah. Oh, well, that's totally different than you're almost 12. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We were, like, in sixth or seventh grade. All right. And he moved away right when we were thinking about, you know, doing the little boyfriend-girlfriend thing. Right. And Listen, when I was... Uh, when I was in sixth grade, I made a solemn vow with my friend uh, Davey Kovner that we would both live on uh, some Hawaiian island <laughs> and, like, raise sugar cane and ride out our life there uh, arm in arm. Uh, obviously, this does not happen this way. I'm, I think he's ditching me, actually. But, Sarah, please, you're in sixth grade. Oh, well, I know, but, I mean, I didn't... I didn't say anything to him about it at all. I was just his friend, and I didn't want to get involved with him until, like, uh, maybe graduation. Like, two years ago, I went to his graduation, mm-hmm. and it hit me then. I named my son after him when I had my baby. And, well, um, well, by the way. Okay, then. Right. Yeah, 
Uh-huh. He's just been real. No, 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 no. Right. Sarah. Yes. You guys understand what we're what we're slowing yeah, down for? Uh, yes. Yeah, he's he's a big influence on you. Yeah. Right. And yeah. he's been good. He's yeah, been John John Lennon was a big influence in my life. Doesn't mean I tried to date him. Well, I know. I love that too. I'm just saying. I told him, and he thinks that it could happen. But my problem is that <clears throat> my dad lives about a hundred miles away from him, and my dad needs my help, and because he hurt himself, and so there's like this big open door where I could like move here, but I'd be dropping. Um, First year of college, I just finished, and uh-huh. they don't have my program down here, so I have to quit school and find a job. All right, all right. Hold on. Uh, Pipe Dream Sarah? <laughs> uh, that's going to be your new title, by the way. <laughs> PD Sarah will call you. <laughs> Listen, Sarah, please, you have uh, a child. Yes. Where's the father of that child? Um, He is one of them sporadic guys that comes around whenever he feels like it. Right. Like. All right. Well, that's okay. He's just the dad. Yeah. He's just the father of your child. It's not like he's the UPS guy or anything like that. He's the father of the child. And not the guy you'd name the child after or anything. It's much more important. Well, his middle name. His middle name and his last name. Yeah. Right, right. But there's really uh, this one. What's the guy's name you're pining for? I'm not pining over. Oh, you're not. No. You're, just, you're having a make-believe relationship no, with them. No, he has a girlfriend. The thing is, he <laughs> says that we there's no way that we could ever get involved if I live so far away. So if I'm closer, then there's a chance. Right. Okay. But, but that is just a nice way of him saying, I'm so damn glad she lives far away. No, I don't think so, really. Yes. I know really well. And he said that the last time I saw him, he went straight over to his friend's house and he told him that he wanted to marry me. Okay. To marry you. Yeah. And you guys have never had a relationship. Oh, we've been really good friends. All right, this is uh, recalculous. Listen, if this guy is half a man, if he was attracted to you at any point in your relationship, he would have uh, walked the 400 miles and attempted to uh, get you in the sack. That's how guys Oh, work. I don't think so. He's a virgin. Oh, okay. The plot thickens. So, the uh, the teenage mom is going to marry the uh, virgin uh, guy with a girlfriend. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we have at least a good eighty-five percent to ninety percent chance of working. Out. Sarah, this is ridiculous. Listen, please, please listen. All right. This is one of those uh, uh, Earth to Sarah things. Forget about this guy. In terms of marrying this guy, he has a relationship. He does not live in town. Concentrate instead on your child and your and your career and your your ability to create a life that's stable for your child. Which is which all ends up uh, being focused toward the child. The the better your education goes, the more earning potential you have, the better you can take care of your child. And remember, the child is named after the guy anyway, so you can go ahead and look at it as tending after this guy. Now, don't have sex with the child when he gets old enough. Oh yeah. Well, just because he shares the same name, I'm 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 worried about you, Sarah. But Sarah, you have your hands full. You understand? Yeah, I understand. Not everything was meant to be. You choose a path in life. And sometimes uh, you go this way and I go that way. And all this meant to be stuff is just a big load of crap. Oh, yeah. Because here's the deal. If uh, you were born in some uh, uh, small tribe in some small, uh, you know, northern Africa, southern Africa, then you, what would be meant to be for you would be to marry some woman who came out of a National Geographic's 
magazine. That's right. And that's what you would be obsessed on. And if you were your parents lived in France and you were born there, then you would be speaking French. You'd be smelling, you'd be eating the baguette, and you'd be chasing after some French-speaking woman saying, this is the only one for me. Right. It's very coincidental that we think the people who live across the street are the only ones for us. It's very uh, sort of narcissistic, isn't it, Drew? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is the only one for Sarah because they happen to go to the same grade school. Yeah, or people who walk in and say, I knew that was the one, as, as though they had some con con control over that. Right, yeah. and they don't tell you all the other times they went into the yogurt shop and announced they knew it was the one and never got anything but a uh, sample. All right, so here's the deal. Sarah needs to come back to reality. Sarah, uh, reality is she's got a kid. Take care of that one, please. Mark, 14, you're on Loveline. Hello? Hello. Oh, hi. How are you guys doing tonight? Good, Mark. All right. Ooh. Oh. I'm guessing, like, evil's... Here's what I'm thinking. Evil stepdad with, a, like, a belt in one hand and a bottle of Old Crow in the other stumbles into the room, and Mark just panics and hangs up. Susan, 22, you're on Loveline. Hi. How are you guys? All righty, then. Oh, um, Adam, I just want to tell you, I think you're really terrific. I think you're fabulous. Oh, really? Yeah, really. Yeah. Um, and you Dr. Drew, you're good, too. I really like what you guys said about consequences. Yeah. That made a lot of sense. Okay, um, my problem is, when I was 20, I became very depressed, and it wasn't brought on by something really that bad, like that significant, mm -hmm. and nothing was really different in my life. But I was really, really depressed, and I went to a counselor, and who'd known me for a long time, and she told me it was probably biological, especially because there's a family history. Of depression. Right, on my father's side. Like, my grandmother and my great-aunt were both hospitalized for depression. For depression. Okay, so that that is that, that tends to be the way that kind of depression goes. That's what, yeah, okay. So, assuming it is biological, I mean, I was on Zoloft, and it lasted a year. And yeah. I'm fine now, so I've been fine for, like, a year. Yes. But my question is, if it is biological, is this something I'm going to have to worry about all my life? Is it going like to... Uh, you know... Drew, what if we bleed her? <laughs> no, bleeding her won't do it. Bloodletting. Although God knows they have tried... You, you'd be amazed at the different kinds of treatments that have been applied to this kind of depression. Influent shock, para-influenza. Oh, my God. Putting magnets on your head and stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah it, well, if we drill some holes in your skull to relieve the pressure, I think that would take care of the problem, wouldn't it, Drew? But the fact is these things are genetically based and they are biological. You know, it's kind of a misnomer to say it's biological because we are, after all, just a biological gel and all depression is biologically based. I know, based. like to every some part extent, of my personality is probably yeah, based. Yeah, but, the, but these kinds of depressions are more genetically based and they are triggered spontaneously without any excessive input from the environment and they tend to respond very well to uh, medication and to treatments, yeah. to biological treatments. Yeah, uh, it did help. I mean, I was on a low dose. Yeah, and I'm sure it worked. And, and they do tend to recur, but the fact that you responded so well, you'll, you'll, you'll learn what it is, just like being a diabetic or having other kind of chronic illness, you'll learn the signs of when things are getting out of control, and you'll know what to do. But it's and not... It doesn't happen. It doesn't work right away, and it's really scary. Yeah, I but really this don't last time, when, I'm sure it went on for a long time before you uh, did anything about it. Yeah, but okay, but I... So you're saying, yeah, I probably can like count on this being a problem. That is likely to come back now and then. Oh, it may, not, it may not happen again. Look, it may not happen again for, for years and years. It may be years down the line before it happens again. But when it does, you'll recognize it and you'll deal with it sooner, and it won't trouble you so much, typically. And, and listen, Susan, do not run uh, from your biology. 
you, you faced it head on once. Uh, you had to take a bunch of over-the-counter stuff to take care of it. But you licked it is the deal. And you'll lick it again, and it'll be easier next time around. Lick it again. Oh, start licking things, Susan. <laughs> Susan, put your tongue out and, and, and get used to licking. Oh, great. Okay. Please. You tell me, don't, don't worry. It's... No, I don't worry. I, I wouldn't worry. I would not worry. Well, as a matter of fact, yes, you'll, you'll probably be killed in some horrible industrial accident before the next uh, bio, uh, biologically based depression sets in. So please, don't worry. Please, live your life, really. I mean, um, uh, you know, I don't want to get too morose here, but we had uh, Jeff uh, Krosnoff. Is, it, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had him in. He just died. Yesterday, the uh, Indy driver died in, uh, I think it was a Canadian Grand Prix or something like that. Horrible. I saw it on the newsletter. Just horrible. The point is, the guy was 31. He had a beautiful wife. He was full of life. He was in here answering questions. I was sitting around thinking about it today, realizing we were talking to this guy, and the clock was ticking. I mean, he was going to be dead inside of uh, seven weeks, essentially. And I thought, how bizarre that was. And then I thought, Jesus Christ, everyone's just got to get off their ass and and start living their life a little bit. I mean, enjoying themselves a little bit. Stop worrying about uh, biological uh, depression that's coming around the corner. Start living. Of course, sometimes when you're really doing all that living stuff, that's what kills you, you know, skydiving and all that. That's why I'm staying at home. Loveline will be right back. Bye. Because we like you. The Brian, why does it all work? We'll, well, we'll break it down. We'll break it down. Hold on, we'll break it down. We open every show. I think we'll people appreciate the charity that I show you by playing you as long as I have seen films that are in theaters now. As well, I think it has a lot to do with that. Can't do it. Can't do it. We've been on the phone on TV. Pretend you're somehow I have. And then we get into it. And the next segment, we talk a lot about Brian's tastes are very top five. Four dudes, top five. Four movies, top five. Very smart characters. And I get entertained, but we definitely talk about it. The film ball. Film over it. That's all we need. Number 1-800-L-O-V-E-191. Fax number 310-854-55. Larry Bud Melman will be in studio tomorrow night. And uh, I cannot picture talking to him. It, it, oh, it'll be Thursday night. Oh, I'm sorry. Geez, oh, we have Self tomorrow night. Right. A band tomorrow night. And then Larry Bud Melman on Thursday. Thank you, Engineer Mike. It will be surreal speaking to him. It'll be almost like... It's like a cartoon character you grew up with. Like, uh, like hey, why don't I have Kermit the Frog in here, and I'll talk to him for a while. So it's going to be bizarre, but it uh, should be fun. And again, self tomorrow night, and uh, we'll be back in ten. This is Love Live on Radio. Mm-hmm. We're back here on Love Line. Drew has uh, dutifully picked out another loser call, and we're going to that one now. Mark, 25, you're on Love Line. Hi. Hey. How you guys doing? Good. Um, I'm calling because uh, a little bit of a bind, and I was wondering if I could get some advice. All right. Uh, well, I uh, just recently found out, you know, I had been dating this girl for a couple months, and uh, things were going great, and uh, I just found out she's only 16. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, I just want to know, like, what? What? Uh huh. Right. All right. And you just found out she was sixteen. Well, yeah. She told me she was nineteen, and 
the other day, I was, you know, just kind of going through her wallet, not, I mean, in front of her, and I guess she just didn't realize it, and next thing I know, I looked at her license, and uh-huh. enough, she's 16, I said, well, what's up with this? Uh-huh. And she, you know, tried to play it off, but obviously, the proof is there. Right. Well, you're you're dumb, but you're not stupid. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Now, what state are you in? California. Uh-huh. And uh, so basically you've uh, committed a crime. Or at least, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, couldn't they just lock his penis up? I mean, it's... They could probably lock any part of him up. Mark had the uh, best of intentions. It was really his penis that got him into trouble. Yeah. Uh, I, I oh, I'd like to see that mug shot. Yeah, and I, I... You know what? I, I think there is something about proving that there was no way that you could have known the person's age that has been a successful defense in this sort of in this sort of situation. But I mean, obviously you do you you have got some problems. Yeah. And these kinds of things typically become problems when the parents find out about it. Mm-hmm. Those are the people that tend to push these things typically well, and or the the um, your partner if you try to leave. Uh-huh. And uh, the fact that you met her at the Chuck E. Cheese was no indication at all that uh, she was younger. No, it wasn't Chuck E. Cheese. Where'd you meet her? Um, I met her at a party. Uh-huh. All right. And and I'm guessing she's a little bit estranged from her parents. Um, I've only met them once. You have? Yeah. And they know how old you are. I, I don't... I guess she didn't tell them, and it never came up. I just kind of picked her up, and... Okay. It was kind of in passing. So there's not a whole lot of communication going on either between uh, you and uh, your um, uh, woman-child girlfriend or uh, her parents or anybody in, in this circle. <laughs> All right. Now, here's the question. Yeah. Is this a deal breaker for you or do you want to continue the relationship? No, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, if I had known she was 16, I wouldn't have taken her out. Or okay, anything. but now that you're knee-deep in it. Yeah, well, I also don't want to piss her off and maybe get the parents involved because i mean all right and i you know we haven't had unprotected sex so at least but that doesn't mean she can't get pregnant of course it also doesn't mean that she can't prove that in some way that you've had sex there which is what's illegal it's not having a child it's, it's having sex right okay but mark sounds like a pretty decent egg who basically just got uh, duped, a, got duped a little bit yeah yeah. All right. Stupid, but all right. No, I won't say that, Mark, because you sound like a you sound like a, a guy with uh, with good intentions. Well, wh- whatever you do, cease having sex with her. Okay. That must stop. Well, yeah. Well. And uh, and I I'm guessing just on uh, just basic moral grounds, I would end a relationship with someone that was almost ten years younger than me if I was 25. And n- not only that, but she wasn't lying to you the entire time. Now she was lying to you maybe because she liked you so much. But as a 25-year-old, I would really not feel good about going out with a 16-year-old. It just would make me feel stupid. I don't. I, I agree with you 100%. All right. Well, good. Then, Mark, I would tactically... What did I do? Turn that into, like, six words? Tactically end the relationship and move on to... Uh, you're actually going to have to get yourself uh, hooked up with a 40-year-old now to sort of balance things out from a... Uh, from your body standpoint. Diana, 23, you're on Loveline. Yes. Um, I have a problem. Uh-huh. I've been with somebody for the past six and a half years, and ever since I went back to school, he doesn't like that. He doesn't like the friends I have. He doesn't like the time I spend at school. Mm-hmm. So He's jealous. 
we've grown apart. He's jealous of your time at school. And I think at this moment, the only thing that holds us together is our child. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what to do. Are you married? Huh? No. No. Well, come on, Drew, this is the 90s. They probably had the kid before they'd met. Uh, We're engaged, but I will not get married. You're engaged. Why? I don't want to get married. How come? I don't... She just said, how come? They've grown apart. No, no, but before, it sounds like she never wants to get married. Is that what she's saying? Why? I'm just curious. Why I don't want to get married? Yeah. I don't need to have somebody else to tell me that I can do it in life or just to confirm my existence, so... That's not what marriage is all about, of course. Were your parents married in that fashion, that kind of relationship? Yeah, my parents are still married. But what kind of relationship do they have? Well, it's because of my mom, though. What's wrong with your mom? She tries 150%. Yeah. All right. is very, very controlling. Yeah. Very controlling, very yeah, jealous. So you don't want to have a controlling husband. Exactly. And yet somehow you've managed to have a controlling boyfriend. Hmm. Sure, it sounds like you've uh, had some sort of training in this field. <gasps> Listen, Diana, uh, how old's your child? He's going on five. Uh huh. All right. So again, as we've uh, stated earlier tonight, that is your number one priority. Yeah. I don't recommend you get married to this guy because uh, it's not right. It's not right. Yeah. On the other hand, I will uh, chastise you for a moment for having the kid uh, with a guy that you knew. I mean, s stop having kids. Uh, this is not yeah, just a few, Diana, but everyone, stop having kids with people you're not going to have a relationship with. I mean, for Christ's sake, it, it, don't buy a condo. Don't timeshare in a condo with someone you think you're going to hate in a year. Wait. And certainly don't have kids with that person. Why don't we make a more even some more sensible recommendation is stop having sex with those people. Well, well, let's not go. Now we're going too far. Adam, come on. Well, be, please, no one's going to buy that. Put on your empathy smock. Well, I have no empathy smock because I have a, a frisbee-sized herpetic sore stuck to my face. I have no sympathy for anyone but my own chin tonight, Drew. Right, but please, people, please. I mean, well, at this point, I know I'm not going to have any more kids because I'm. You don't. Know. That part's taken care yeah, of. Yeah, you don't know. You're, I'm not. You're 23. Why? What? Did you have something done? Yeah, I've gotten fixed. Oh, I'm you not have. Having any more kids. All right. And when I Good did, for you. I didn't think, you know, we were gonna. All right. Gonna have, this was gonna happen. All right. So you have a kid. Obviously, you've you've done okay because the kid's made it to five. He hasn't uh, suffocated or drowned yet. This guy's not the guy for you. So you, you end the relationship. You take care of yourself. You take care of your child. Then you chill for a while. And when a guy comes along one day. God willing, you uh, and the time is right, then you hook up with him. There's plenty of time. There'll be another controlling guy. It's interesting how she went through a whole life going, God, I don't ever want a guy like Dad. I don't ever want to get married because of how Dad treated Mom. Right. And the first serious relationship she gets, or the longest, you know, she has a kid with a guy who is Dad. Yes. Okay. Stop having families with... And, and uh, let me just put this out. Diana mentioned that she didn't know she was going to hate the guy. When you're 19... When you're 18, when you're 20, when you're 21, when you're anything below 25, rest assured that whoever you're with, you're going to hate in a year. That's the way it is. Within three years. Within three years. And you're going to hate everything, by the way. You're going to hate... You know how when you open your high school yearbook and you see your senior picture, you go, Oh, my God, what was I thinking? Oh, yeah, I mean, Drew. Boy, it's a cool... 
Not everyone's going to hate themselves that much, true. I'm poster child for that. But the point is, is you hate the clothes you wear when you look in your closet and you see the stuff you're wearing five years ago. You hate the hairstyle you wore. Sometimes you hate the music you listened to five years ago. And you certainly are going to hate the guy you're with five years ago when you're younger. When you get older, it's, it's not that you don't hate anymore. It's just you don't care. You don't have the energy. You don't fight it. Big deal. Oh, screw it. We're together. We both deserve each other. We're both a curse on each other. We're going to stay together. But when you're young, you hate. So please, don't have kids with people you know you're going to hate. And one other quick note. Diana mentioned that uh, the mother gave 150% in the uh, relationship. Right. I'm tired of all this 110%. Our football coach is saying, yeah, the guy gives about 115 to 120. There's no 100. Once it gets to 100, that's it. There's nothing past 100. There's no 150%. Right. We are not on a 200% uh, scale, scale yeah. here. Right. There's 100%. Let's not make a mockery of the whole 100 because now I feel like an idiot giving 100%. Because Diana's mom is giving 150%. That means I'm only at three-quarter speed. Please, <laughs> everybody. It's not the metric system. We don't have to go back to that. But I'm saying, please, let's go to the 100% thing. Let's, let's give some integrity to the percentile system in this country. 100. That's the ceiling. <laughs> Am I right, Drew? Yeah, you're right. Thank you. Uh, Marcy, 17, you're on Love Line. Yes, my question is for Dr. Drew. Marcy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, me and my boyfriend have been... Having sexual contact for the past, maybe, like, let's see, maybe past month. And the past maybe, like, three times he's got there before I have. And it's been real quick. Mm -hmm. He got there really fast. Well, this, is, this is for Adam. <laughs> Adam's an expert. Is this for Adam? Yes, I'm already there. I'm waiting. Come on, Marcy. Come on. Okay, hold on, hold on. And I was just wondering <laughs> if... This was normal, or if it, is it me? I... Yes, you're too good. How old is the lad, Marcy? He's 21. Oh, he is? Uh-huh. All right. He's a little bit older, but still, it is uh, it is uh, quite quite prevalent with young men to be there before their partner is there. It's really the only thing. Believe me, if you're going shopping, he would not be there. Uh -huh. He would be in the bathroom. And if you had to go to a wedding, he would not be there. And if you're going to a funeral, he'd not be there. But there's one thing where the guy is lickety-split and prompt on, and that is the whole orgasm thing. Uh -huh. Oh, they finish first in that race every time. Okay, because I... I mean, How long is he good for, Marcy? Well, like, oh, man, like, maybe... You don't have a second hand on your watch, do you? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, like, really short, like, a couple past times, like... And I don't know if it was me. Like, I know it wasn't me. But, right. I mean, I just didn't know why, like, because, like, well, all right, please. twice in the same day, oh, it is. usually okay. it takes them longer. Right. But he got there quick again. It's like. Uh-huh. Okay. First off, ladies, do not blame yourself when a guy gets there quick. I mean, basically what he's saying is, is uh, you know, you're too much woman. Or I'm too excited. I mean, there's there's... You should uh, not be uh, chastising yourself because the guy had an orgasm uh, four days before you were planning yours. Uh -huh. uh, please, don't blame yourself uh, for that. It just meant he was prob probably so attracted to you and probably so turned on that he couldn't help it. Although I'm guessing he could be with some uh, fat hooker in Vegas and still do the same thing. <laughs> but... The deal is, uh, Marcy, is you're going to have to work out some things to sort of uh, desensitize him a little. 
perhaps, um, um, you know, uh, uh, putting his uh, penis in the hot sand or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I mean, what, what you're going to have to do is you cannot give him exactly what he wants, exactly when he wants it, because you know that he's going to get there before you. Uh-huh. Take it slow. Do the things that you like for a little bit. Get him to, um, you know, uh, pleasure you orally, perhaps. Something that I won't be doing for quite some time with this uh, hubcap stuck to my face. Okay. All right? Okay. And just, uh, you know, get him uh, or, or get him to uh, take the uh, bullet out of the chamber, as it were, by relieving himself, um, you know, beforehand. Mm-hmm. Get- well, we've tried that, too. And still, it's like he gets, like... You know, like kind of excited. And... Okay, you know, he's he's too much man for all of us. But but please uh, communicate and work around this. That's all it is. Most of these problems, ninety uh, percent of the problems we get are, are just simple communication breakdowns. Bill, twelve, you're on Love Line. Uh, yeah, Adam. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Good. Hey, um, I need some advice. You know, um, when you were twelve, did you ever ask a girl out? No. No? I I stalked my sister for a short period of time uh, before my parents got a restraining order. But no, I did not ask any girls out at 12. I was a mess when I was 12. I, I don't think I asked anyone out till I was maybe 17. Oh. Uh, Why? You thinking of asking someone out? Yeah, there's this girl that I really like. Her name's Jennifer, and um, I just, like, mm. I don't know how to ask her. Jennifer. She have that long brown hair? No. Oh. She was blonde. Oh. All right. Well, there goes my old Jennifer theory. Yeah, and uh, you got the hots for her. Yeah, I, I really, really like her. Right. And I'm guessing all the other guys in the class like her too. Yeah, most of them. Yeah. You're no dummy. You go. You go for the big. You go for the big ramp models right off. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. And and how would you, uh, Bill, uh, if you could, uh, tell us a little about yourself? Well, like. What do you mean? Well, do the uh, girls in school find you attractive? Lots of them. Oh, lots of them? Yeah. So you could have your uh, pick of the litter, couldn't you, Bill? Pretty much. I hate guys like this. <laughs> <laughs> These are the guys I hated. And don't worry, Bill, you'll, you'll grow up to work on some dock somewhere for minimum wage, believe me. I know these these pretty boys are. Oh, have your fun now, Bill, believe me. So should I just, like, go to her and ask her out? Like, uh, he doesn't care about you, Adam. <laughs> Obviously not. Bill, I think you should just go for it because here's the deal. Get used to it. All guys, get used to it. Get used to going up, approaching women, and asking them out. Because what happens is before you know it, you blink your eyes, and you're out of college, and you're 26 years old, and you look back at all the crap you did as 12, and you just laugh, and you wish... You'd had a little more confidence and in, in, in the presence of mind to go out and, and, and try to get what you wanted. And, it's, and everyone listening, please, get in the habit of going out and trying to get what you want. That doesn't mean carjacking some guy because he's driving a new Cadillac. That means working a little harder so you can get the money to buy the Cadillac. You're giving that Reebok message out a little bit. Oh, it is? I am? Temper it a little bit, I think. I don't think you mean to give out that message. Through hard work. Yeah, right. we'll explain the, uh, this uh, Reebok uh, sham that's going around. But anyway, uh, Bill? Yeah? Uh, ask her out. You have my blessing. Okay. And if she doesn't go out with you, there's nothing wrong with you. You just go ask out the next girl. Now, if she doesn't go out with you, something's wrong. Okay. <laughs> All right, Bill. Well, thanks. All right, then.
Uh, our Reebok message, yes. Uh, well, Drew and I, uh, we often have our uh, philosophical discussions off the air, and our latest was uh, this whole thing about sort of excess in society, how everyone is basically going out there, and it's not enough to do uh, a balloon of nitrates. They have to go steal a tank from a medical supply place and inhale the entire tank in one sitting. Everyone is doing everything to the uh, hilt all the time. It's a, and everything is going at a at a light speed in the right. society. And I was talking about, for instance, this uh, Reebok ad, which has a bunch of athletes out there sweating around and doing their thing, saying, "This is your world." And I thought to myself, "That's a retarded ad." Yeah. What kind of stupid message is that? Yeah. Like we need more egotistical idiots running around thinking this is their world. Yeah, it's your world. Go ahead and pee in that guy's mailbox and go ahead and uh, dump uh, carcinogens into the river. Do whatever the hell you want. It's your world. Right. It's a ridiculous campaign. I, I put a curse on the Reebok it people. Should be, it should be really our world. Yes. It's, it's a community. This is your community. That's be right. Be respectful. Right. Be careful. It's your penis. I mean, what about the golden rule? I mean, it's the exact opposite of the golden rule, isn't it? What is the golden rule? Do unto others as you've had them. Oh, it is? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead and do that. Yes. Yeah. Stop with this it's your world BS. It's not your world. Please. It's my world. Jim, 26, you're on Love Line. Hi there. Hey. I'm calling because um, it's op often when I do sit-ups, I have an orgasm. And I don't like to have things happen that I don't understand. And although I w if there were things in life I wouldn't question, this may be one of them. Well, yeah. I know it's sort of like a bonus, but I actually don't like it. So I, I don't. Anyway, I'm wondering if that happens to other people. All right, first off, Jim, I'm just going out on a limb here and saying you got a washboard for a stomach. No, I actually don't. Really? I, I really haven't. I I don't encourage this. Uh -huh. happening, but God forbid the kids should hear this and start exercising. Uh, yeah, I know. Seriously. <laughs> Listen, Jim, where is your penis uh, when you're doing these uh, sit-ups? Oh, in the, inside shorts. Inside your shorts. Yeah. And uh, is it? It's not stuffed between your legs or up your hiney or anything like that. No, no. It's just sitting there in normal, yeah. uh, normal sit-up penis position. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh and are you doing a crunchy or are you doing a sit-up? Yeah, crunches don't do not do it, so I, I do crunches nowadays. Uh-huh. But traditional kind of sit-ups. And you actually have, have yes. stuff come out of you. Yeah. Uh-huh. And what about when you're with a woman? Um, oh, I'm pretty normal. You're pretty normal. Yeah. You last as long as the, the next guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Drew, you smell a bogosity here? Not necessarily. Uh, you want any medications? Um, yeah. Yeah? Okay. Medication. All right, slow down. I'm going to write yeah. this down. I mean, this is, this is wait, sort go, of a, wait, what medication? Well, but this is sort of typical of medication side effects. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah. So what, do you, you take a Navane or something like it's that? A, it's an antidepressant. Yeah, so it's the antidepressant. It's, it's, it's a Siler. I don't know if you... Well, Siler, it's the amphetamine. Okay, then I'm not... I, I took that at one time. I can just see the guys in the lab, though, by the way, going, let's see, when are guys least depressed? That's hmm. Right. When they're having an orgasm. All right. Well, let's just invent a little pill that gives them one all the time. That's the only only medicine I'm taking nowadays. So, so. Uh, and this, could it be that this wouldn't, uh, when this happened, when was the last time it happened? Um, I don't know, about a, a couple months. Were you, were you on anything else then? No, no. Just silent then? Yeah. And you weren't just coming off anything then? Um, no. 
Well, it, it, it could it must be the siler because this is sort of typical of the medication side of things. Okay, so yeah. I, I'm I'm glad at least to know that happened to other people. Yeah, it's not normal, but it, it probably wouldn't happen without you being on meds. All right, so Drew's saying uh, maybe get off the medication, no, or I'm, it's because of the medication. Talk, yeah, talk to the doctor. Right, and I'm saying, uh, you know, next time you do sit-ups, put a towel down. The phone number for Loveline, 1-800-191. Call now, all you sick kids. Loveline will be right my name is Paul Shirley. And I am Justin Halpern. Together, we do a podcast called Short Corner. It is a podcast about the NBA, but it's not the same as every boring podcast you hear about the NBA. Paul, you played in the NBA. Yeah, three different teams in the NBA, a lot of teams everywhere else. And Justin is a comedy writer. That may not seem like a logical pairing, but together we make magic about the NBA. So come listen to us. And find us at podcast1.com backslash short corner and let us make love to your ears. Revisions, revisions, revisions. Uh, let me get the phone number out first. 1-800-L-O-V-E-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. You know what I love about me as a host? I just go ahead and spoo out things. It doesn't matter whether I know about them or right. not. And even when it pertains to the show and simple things like who's going to be guest on the show, I'll just, just go ahead and spit it out yeah. in any order I choose. Uh, obviously, no guests tonight. Tomorrow night, we will have Patty Rothberg. In studio, also Who's on, on Thursday. Please, Drew. I'm no, on. Adam. Yes. What does it say? No guests next to what? <laughs> oh, that's Tuesday. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know what days. You know what it is? We start this stupid show on a Sunday, and to me, yeah. Sunday becomes Monday, and tonight becomes Tuesday. All right. All right. So again, I'm screwing things up. All right, Drew. Please hold your questions till I'm done. No guests tomorrow night. Correct. All right, but I was not wrong when I said no guests tonight either. <laughs> Although we really should add someone guest host the show, and I should have uh, sat in some emergency ward somewhere in, like, the <laughs> lesion center or something. Uh, anyway, uh, Wednesday we will have Patty Rothberg. Thursday we will have the band Self and Larry Bud Melman. Uh, Sunday, no guess, Monday Voodoo Glow Skulls. Tuesday, obviously we're spilling into next week now, uh, Kenny Kingston, uh, the sweet spirit, the fabulous uh, psychic Kenny Kingston. I will expose him for the fraud against, by the way. Wednesday, Terry Nunn, you know her from Berlin. And then Thursday, my good friend John Popper, who's not actually my good friend, but it sounds cool when I call like big celebrities my good friend. He will be in here. I will bring my harmonica, and I promise you we will jam. And, Drew, you have not... You've you, you've seen me uh, many of my talents, but you have not seen my musical ability. Yet you've oh. heard me sing. <laughs> yeah, yes, I have. Yes, you have, but you have not heard me wail on the harp. I can't wait. Oh man, I I you'll be screaming like a banshee. Destiny, thirteen, you're on Love Line. Hi guys. Hey. Do you guys remember me? Uh, yes, I do remember the name Destiny. Oh. Refresh us, please. Um, I called about my um, stepdad, stepbrother, like oh. raping me and stuff. Right, right, right. Oh, oh, okay. Let me uh, let me recap this, please. Um, this was a couple of weeks back, I believe. Destiny's thirteen. She has a uh, and a, a step. Her mother passed away right. quite recently. I think it was about a year ago. Mhm. And she has a stepbrother who's uh, older. He's in his twenties. Mhm. Is he twenty six? 
twenties, early twenties. I don't remember. He's like twenty four, I think. All right. He's old. Okay, so he's in his twenties. You have an older stepfather, and this is what's left of Destiny's family since her mom is now passed on. The stepfather and the stepbrother have been re repeatedly raping Destiny. And there's no, there's nowhere for you to go, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, Dr. Drew gave you a um, helpline help phone number. Did you call that number? No. Okay, but he, I mean, I remember this. He, he repeated it four times. He asked you to write it down. He had you repeat the number back to him. Mm -hmm. And you still didn't call. Mm-mm. Why not? I was scared. Scared of what could be scarier than being raped by two people? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to come down on you, and I understand, you know, what you're going through. Is I mean, I can imagine what you're going through. Yeah. But, I mean, what could possibly be worse than the situation that you're in right now? I don't know. Okay, so anyway, what, what, what's been going on in the last couple of weeks? Well, my um, dad heard me, my real dad. I haven't talked to him since I was like five. He heard you on the radio? Yeah. How did he know it was you if you haven't talked to him since you were five? And, um... How did he know it was you if you haven't talked to him since you were five? What? How did he know it was you if you haven't talked to him since you were five? I don't know. He, he just called me. And we don't... We don't the next morning. And this could be any city in, you know... We don't know where she's calling from. We don't announce where she's calling from. No, and I'm guessing your real name isn't Destiny. Yeah, actually, it is. It is? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, w for the sake of argument, we're going along with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, your real father heard your phone call over the air on Loveline. Mm-hmm. And then what? He called me the next morning, and I talked to him for a while. And he's coming out, like, Thursday or Friday or something. To, like, he's flying out so he can go through the whole legal thing and everything. Uh-huh. He gets so he can help me. Mm -hmm. Go through what legal thing? Like, so sue him, sue my stepdad. I mean, to to get custody of you? Yeah. Uh huh. And um, but it, <laughs> this is really stupid. But um, it like the answering machine like picked up before I did, and so it like recorded us part of our conversation. Right. Yeah. I I had that happen to me once. And my my stepdad heard it. Right. And he attacked me with a belt and, like, threw me down the stairs and locked me in my room for a couple of days. And my stomach, like, hurts really, really bad. And I've been bleeding, and I think he might have killed the baby. Oh, you were pregnant from? From my stepbrother, yeah. On your, on your last call? Because mm -hmm. I left that out because I, I, I didn't recall that part. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so, all right, so it was all horrible, and that goes without saying, but... Where, where are we now? It's uh, Monday, and your stepfather's coming out on Thursday? Mm-hmm. And do you know that to be a fact? Mm-hmm. And do you, do you have a phone number that you could reach your uh, real father by? I didn't get it. Oh, no, wait. Um, All right. Uh, Drew's going bogus. Yeah. All right. Well. I, I wish. I mean, it's hard to not take a call like that seriously, just in the event that it possibly is. But, but this isn't making sense. So well, I mean, she didn't. Right? She doesn't. She couldn't explain didn't what know how, where he was calling from. Didn't know how he got hold of her. How he figured out it was her. Didn't get his phone number. I mean, it just 
All right, let, but let's assume that it, it really happened. Okay. Uh, if you're bleeding tonight, you're pregnant and you're bleeding, you can bleed briskly. Uh, basically, Destiny, you need to get to an emergency room tonight. What do you mean, bleed briskly? You can bleed to death. Well, we'll uh, say that. Would you brisk bleeding? Doesn't that sound bleeding, so bad? Usually, when I speak uh, in dramatic terms, you tell me to cool it down. Well, okay, but if someone's going to die, then go ahead. Right. Usually, you tell people they're going to die when nothing's going to happen. That's what I complain about. All right, but she needs to, she needs to get to a hospital tonight, and there. Well, now who's going to take her to a hospital? I mean, yeah. her step. Uh, well, I don't even know what to think anymore because we don't even know if the thing was bogus or not. But we'll assume that yeah. if this didn't happen to Destiny, it has happened yeah. to somebody else who may be well, out don't there. Don't get rid of her yet. They're, they're doing something with her in there. Just let her on hold again. Uh, and there at the hospital, she must report what is going on. And if she intends to be able to get to the care of her father... Somebody needs to be notified about what's happening, and that will provide her the perfect opportunity to report it so her real father will be able to come in and rescue uh, her at some point. And she never uh, called the number that we gave her repeatedly and uh, so forth. Then, I want to just check with her again. Mm. You got all that? Yeah. Do you have all? What Did you hear what Drew just said? Mm-hmm. All right. So you have to go to a hospital now. Mm-hmm. And there you have to tell the social worker, whatever agency is available to you, what has been going on here mm-hmm. okay and that will allow your father to be able to come in and uh, potentially care for you mm-hmm. but without that i don't see uh what it is your dad's going to do all right destiny unless some listen uh, if he's involved if you got to sneak out the window and in in hitchhike to the emergency hospital then do it whatever it takes okay all right uh, I don't even know what to make of that. It's hard to know, but that's all we can say is do that. JR20, you're on Loveline. Yeah, I, I was just kind of uh, calling about, like, earlier you said uh, if you're under 25 and you're in a relationship, your thoughts will change, like, within a year, and you won't want to be in the relationship no more? No, well, no, that's not what he said. Drew gave it three years. I gave it uh, one year. So we'll compromise and say two years. And no, I didn't say I said you're going to hate the person. Okay. <laughs> All right. right. Either way, um, I met my girlfriend when I was 15. Mm-hmm. I'm 20 now. We've been living with each other almost six years. Mm-hmm. We don't really fight. We once in a while argue. That's about you know, it. For six years? Yep. You were living together since you were 14? 15, about 15. Uh-huh. How old, how is, she, how old is she? She's 21. Huh? What the hell is going on in this country of ours? Well, I, I still live at uh, my mom's house, but we both work and all that. Uh-huh. Planning on getting married and moving out. Would your mom, your girlfriend moved into your mom's house when she was 14? Yeah, she lived with her what? aunt. And her aunt's like 80, over 80, about 80 years old. All right. Oh, let me uh, let me put you on hold for one second here, Jr. And explain to Drew what is going on out there. What? This is the first wave, basically. And here's what's going on. People are having kids when they're 13 and 14 and 15 years old, uh-huh. as we know. Yeah. People are uh, uh, abusing their kids, you know, sexually, physically, and emotionally. No one is getting married anymore. I mean, we just. You know, we took five calls tonight with uh, couples that weren't even couples anymore, and really the only thing they had between them was a kid. Uh. Now, here's what's happening. 
we're now coming to the point in society where these kids are becoming teenagers. Uh -huh. And there's no rules anymore. Now, you're sitting here and you're going... Well, wait a minute, Jr. How come? Her, what did her mom let? What was her mom thinking, letting her move in with you when she yeah. was fourteen? You're assuming she has a mom, right? She's living with her eight-year-old aunt. Cause mom because is, this cause is mom the is... first wave yeah. of people that have grown up in totally shattered homes. Yeah. So all bets are or, off. Or no now. home, anti homes. Because right. mom was fourteen when she had the baby. There are no rules anymore, Drew. You understand? There's no dad to be pissed off. There's no mom to be worried. Dad was probably never in the scene. Mom is at some uh, dead or in lockup or in some rehab center somewhere, and the whole the wheels have come off of all the wagons here. It's, it's going to be total chaos. This is this is what we're heading for. Well, let's, is, see how, let's see. Let's see what Jr.'s thing is and how these people deal with this. I was this close to one of my rants. All right, go go. Uh, forget it. You took the wind out of my sails, Jr. Yeah. Okay. Well, what's your home life like? Your family of origin? Um, basically, I live with my mom. Where's dad? Um. I still talk to him, stuff like that. Um, How old was your mom when, when she had you? Me? Yeah. Um, probably 20. She was 20. And were your parents married? Um, yeah. They were married. Okay. So, Jericho, this comes from a, a home. I'm guessing Dad was out of the scene pretty early, though. Yeah, probably about five. When you were five? Yeah, about that. Right. All right, so you're old enough to stare at his knee. Yeah. Okay. So now he he's out. You're there. Her She has an 80-year-old grandma who's God knows how old her aunt. And now she's shacked up with you. Yes. All right. And you're going to make it work. Yeah, we're planning on getting married. We've been together six years. and um... Maybe it'll be a backlash. Maybe the kids of, of no parents will want really badly to form a stable home. You're, it's going to be like the whole uh, yuppie movement that happened off of the whole hippie days yeah. thing. Yeah, or maybe worse because it's, it's, so, it's, it's even a worse uh, reaction. You know, maybe more... More structured uh, society built off it. Oh, my God. We're going to be marching us up and down the street like uh, Hitler Youth. JR, do you have any kids? No kids. Oh, praise God. So, yeah, we, we, like, we plan on having kids, but not like good. Yeah, give five it, years. Give another like 30 years, JR, yeah. please. <laughs> All right, good. good. So I, I was just basically um, wondering what you guys thought. Like, Basically, it could work. Yeah. Listen, you are the uh, you are the one salmon that made it through to the up up the tough river of life to the original spawning ground. But uh, for so many others, uh, they're being devoured by the grizzlies and uh, left uh, as a bloody carcass on the uh, shoreline, being picked away by gulls. <laughs> Indeed, can you tell us watching Discovery Channel tonight, Drew? Stupid, what's going on? Tis I, Randall. You know me best as the voice of the Honey Badger. Well, guess what? Pretty soon, I'm going to have my own podcast. That's right. It's Honey Badger's Animal Podcast. And each week, I'm going to bring you amazing animal stories, interviews, a whole bunch of fun stuff. You're not going to want to miss it. Coming soon to Podcast One, it's Honey Badger's Animal Podcast. The only place to be to listen to it is right here on PodcastOne.com. Mike Piazza of the Los Angeles Dodgers, and you're listening to Loveline with Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. Uh, Mike is having quite a year, and I, I yeah. gotta believe it's no coincidence that he, he was on Loveline uh, right about the, toward the beginning of the season, and that somehow the energy 
from Loveline, uh, carried him into the season, and the all-star type of uh, MVP season he's having this year. Drew, would you agree? Yeah, something about uh, heating up his bat. Yeah. What? <laughs> Wait a minute, everybody. Stop the presses. I think Drew made a joke there. 1-800-L-O-V-E-191. Thank you. Yes. Stay late and a dollar short. Engineer Mike, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for laughing, though. <laughs> Believe me, I know comedy. Because, like, sometimes I'll spit out a joke. It'll usually, like, be my sleep. You ever do that, Drew? You ever have a dream? And you wake up and you go, oh, my God, this is brilliant. That was the most profound uh, notion I, that a man has ever conjured up. Right. And then you, like, jot it down on a on a snot-filled rag on the nightstand. And the next morning you read it and you go, what the hell was I thinking? Right, right. What was that? Oh, I'll tell you, I'm Einstein in my dreams. <laughs> when I'm not wet in the bed in my gladiator outfit. John, 23, you're on Loveline. Hey, how's it going? Good. All right, I got a problem here. Um, I've been married for about about three years now, and with in the first year I got married, I went away for like six months for some training, right? And while I was gone, I kind of cheated on my wife. Mm-hmm. And I haven't told her yet because uh -huh. I don't know how to tell her. You're banging the drill instructor. Uh, no, not close. What, what kind of training? Um, it's through the military. Ooh, well, Adam uh, rears his little clairvoyant head again. This is a astrologic sign too. Uh, so I'm going with Pisces. No, not even close. All right, thanks for screwing that up, Drew. <laughs> but believe me, I'm going head to head with this Kenny Kingston. I'll expose you for the sham that you are <laughs> next Tuesday, and I will expose him as well as myself and Drew. All right, so you went away for training for the military. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And while you were there, you uh, got loaded and um, banged a Filipino hooker. Um, no. Okay, what happened? But, well, I just met someone there, and it was kind of like a one-time thing. I was, I mean, I'd been gone for six months, and I was kind of... Lonely. I don't know, I was, lonely. You were lonely. You were lonely. Pretty much. Right. You know, right. And I don't know, you know... I don't know how to tell her, and I don't know, you know, uh, what to do about it. Good. Here's where we come in. Let me uh, let me put you at ease here, John. First, let me ask you a few important questions. Are you sorry you did it? Very. Mm -hmm. Do you plan on doing it again? No. Well, end the case. Next, we're moving on to the next call, because, John, there is no reason in hell that you should tell her. Please. Please, John. Do you understand? Yeah, kind of, but it just it starts getting to you, you know, the guilt. Good. Yeah. You deserve it. I know yeah, I do very much. That's your punishment. Right. Uh, so says um, uh, well, producer Ann. yourself. Right. By and her. put the misery on her. I know. Okay, you'll feel better, right? Right. It, it, people think the truth is, is always such a noble act. It's not. It's not always such a noble act. It's really you're just laying it on her. And you're taking uh, you're taking a bad situation. You're making it worse. You knew you know you screwed up. You have no intention of screwing up again. Now, if you really want to do something for her, then uh, treat her like uh, you're on your honeymoon every day of your relationship. Okay. Yeah, but uh, don't overdo it. By the way, or she'll know you fool around in a second. <laughs> Believe me. Yeah. Man cannot uh, alter his day to day action too much, or it becomes sort of suspicious. You understand? Yeah. Just concentrate on being good to her. And in uh, out of guilt and out of love and obligation, treat her well every day. Would you, John? 
All right. But please, uh, avoid the truth at all costs. Okay? <laughs> Very positive message. Out to the young but I, mean, I, have to, I agree with the you do the the, the, the final impression there. And, and listen, not, not I'm going to be honest and say I would not want to be told. And would yeah. you? No. I mean, think about it. Lord knows what your wife's been up to anyway. Yeah. But the deal is, uh, she goes out of town for a couple of couple of months on some military on some bivouacking somewhere and gets uh, her, her her own bivouac while she's there. She comes back. It was just one of those things that happened. She has no plans of doing it again. Would you really want to know? No. That would haunt you. Mm. Listen, to me, a relationship is like uh, it's like eating a hot dog. Uh, please, let me just put the mustard on it and enjoy it. I don't need to know about the entrails and the pig snout and all the other garbage, rat feces and whatnot. It's ruining the hot dog. Just let me enjoy my weenie, please. I, maybe I'm being naive, but I would like to enjoy a weenie without reading the ingredients list. All right, girl. All right. All right. Uh, Sand? Yeah? Hey, you're 24. You're on Loveline. Hi. Hey. Um, I can't believe I got the nerve to call, but um, I have had herpes for about five years now. Oh, boy, I hear you, sister. Uh, I don't get it on my face, though. I only get it on my genitals. I could give it to you on your face. <laughs> I got it from somebody's face. Um, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm having yeah. enough trouble yeah. getting late, Christian, without this go. sort of negative campaign. There you go. It's really bad. I didn't even have sex with the guy. Oh, anyway. for Christ's sake. And there, there, there. Now, finally, now you know why you should not be kissing. You should go straight to the uh, oral sex. <laughs> At least I got no, something out of it. That's, that's how she got it. Yeah. Oh, right. it wasn't from kissing the guy? No. No, it was from oral All right. Sex. Straight to intercourse. As a matter of fact, you two shouldn't even be in the same room. Just uh, poke a hole in the wall. Big glory hall there. I mean, it's it's not bad because I I got it maybe twice the first year I got it and mm. I was on high um, dosage a cyclovir. Oh, wait a minute, let me go write that down now. Cyclovira, a cyclovir. Well, no, when you when you first get it, they yeah, put yeah. me on like ten pills a day right. for about fifteen days or something. Oh, and so you're going to have this pleasure tomorrow. I haven't gotten it for like four years, right. but I still have it. It's right. still there. No, yes, believe me, I know. And um, well. I mean, mostly my problem is emotional. I'm having trouble dating anyone because I feel like every time I meet someone, I feel like I either have to tell them or I don't want to make them like me because then they're going to get some awful door prize at the end. <laughs> well, what's in the box, Jay? <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. It's not Zebrick. <laughs> Well, look. First of all, th these things are very common, and Adam Adam has not joined the ranks of. of uh, all right, but let me make a clear distinction between genital happies and uh, chinal happies. There is no distinction. That's oh yes. Now wait a oh, minute. Yes. They're really yeah, clear. First of all, look, Chrisanne got it from somebody who had oral or herpes, and you see how easy it is to transmit it to the genital area. That you actually told me on one of the breaks how sick you got. You actually got a, a systemic illness oh, just yeah. the way. Well, but but Adam had the same thing before his oral first well, oral. I had, right? I had shingles a few years ago too, no, and he said no. that might be linked to it. No, 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 all right, no, but no, listen, no. The, the, the difference between me and Chrisanne has one foot in the grave no, over no, here. No, I just no, got no. a little no, rash on my chin. Please don't Look, lump me in with and you. And the other thing is that no, if I'm... you if you are actually involved with somebody emotionally, they're going to accept this and deal with it. They just have to wear condom all the time. They have to be careful. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't, don't, uh, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be difficult for you and embarrassing to have to, to, you know, tell people that, and you never know how people are going to react. But the fact is, 
if you develop the relationship first, the person, if the person genuinely cares about you and likes you, they're going to deal with this. Yeah. Okay. And it's it's a way. In a way, it's, maybe maybe herpes is, is is a good thing. It's going to make know, people behave properly. Hold on. Hold on. Let me let me hold on a second, Chrisanne. Uh, Drew, you look at my face. All right. You think that's a good thing? Is that a good thing? Is this good? Would it be better if it was all over my forehead? Yeah. The wheel of a Studebaker look great. Yes. Yes. This hubcap-sized lesion is not a good thing, Drew. No, but it makes people at least behave the way they really should in relationships. Develop the relationship. Oh, not first. me. I'm in denial. And as a matter of fact, I want more people that come down with this horrible affliction. I understand that, but then everybody will behave more properly in relationships. All right. Because they'll be worried about not having sex and about developing the relationship yeah. first. All right. So, I'm worried about hurting someone. Though. Yeah, but you're, you know what? You're going to be fine. Go ahead and develop relationships. You're not, you are, you are not going to hurt anybody. Right. You're so worried about not hurting anybody, you're not going to have any contact with anyone. I haven't. Right. You're you're going to be. You just be careful and keep that orientation. Be honest, and you won't hurt anybody. Okay. All right, Chrisanne. She she's a good girl. She sounds great. Yeah. Please. Welcome to the biggest show on earth. Thrills galore. The strangest freak. The highest acrobat. And the funniest clown. Love one. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, I'm Karen Bryant. Check out the Karen Bryant Podcast at podcastone.com. It's finally here. It is a behind-the-scenes look at the world's fastest-growing sport, and that is MMA. I'm going to have interviews, analysis, lots of humor with some of the biggest names and the rising stars in the sport. Listen, if you're already a super fan, or even if you're just looking to learn more about the sport, download new episodes of the Karen Bryant Podcast every Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. right up to the top here. Oh, she's been on hold for 95 minutes. Uh, Nate, 18, you're on Love Line. Yeah. Hey. Hey, uh, my question is for Dr. Drew. Yes, sir. Um, me and my girlfriend have had sex a few times, uh-huh. and both of us afterwards for like a couple hours have experienced pain in that area. We want to know if that was like normal or... Well, you don't, both don't have the same area, so what is it you're talking about? It's in like his schwanz and her, her muffin. Yeah. Is it hurt when you pee? No, it, I mean, just the afterwards. Skin hurt? It doesn't, it's just afterwards, it just hurts. What hurts? <laughs> I already told you. The soft tissue hurts when you urinate, it hurts in your tissue, no. it hurts in your abdomen, I mean, what? No, it'll be like, say, I have to take her home, and it just like, I'll be sitting there driving, and the thing my itself will hurt. Your penis Eggs. Please, you're 18, Nate. For Christ's sake, you're, Actually, you're. No, I'm 16. But whatever the hell you are, it's time to learn the word penis. Put it in your vocabulary <laughs> and use it when it's appropriate. Now, don't 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 sit at the dinner table and go, uh, Grandma, could you please pass the penis? But when you're talking to a doctor, for Christ's sake, use the word penis, especially when we're running out of time in the show. Go, Drew. All right, listen. Right. Enough of that. This poor son of a has been on hold for 101 minutes, John. Uh, yes. John, listen, we have no time for you. Okay. I just wanted to say <laughs> thank you for being on hold for 101 minutes. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, Drew and I appreciate this sort of uh, commitment to the Love Line show. Well, yeah, I and, listen to you guys as much as I can. Yes, and we look at you as one of our uh, gold member listeners. 
Okay. We want to know. We want you to know that it's people like you that uh, keep this show alive. Okay. And we appreciate it. All right, John. Okay. Now, uh, whatever problem you have, please uh, go get a professional look at it. All right. All righty. All right. And uh, again, thank you for holding on uh, over a hundred minutes. And, uh, Nate, the previous caller. I mean, the, the reason that he, he and his girlfriend would have pain it would be different. I mean, be, she would have pain for different reasons. He would. All right. she, she needs to be examined if she's having pain after intercourse by a gynecologist or a doctor and just make sure there's not something going on anatomically. For him, it, it can be normal to have pain for a while afterwards. All right. No guests tomorrow night. Wednesday, Patty Rothberg, and then Thursday, the band self. And Larry Bud Melman. want to thank the uh, beautiful Lisa for doing the phones tonight, the lovely Sherry for manning the phones tonight, the Angular One producer, Ann, for producing the show. The Coop Man, the new man in town who's uh, filling in uh, quite nicely for the One Nut Wonder engineer, Mike, who will be uh, following his uh, gay friend, uh, Tom Likas, to uh, his hometown of Seattle soon. Uh, thank everyone, and mahalo. This concludes another podcast one dot com program.